Welcome to another edition of Digging In, Missouri Farm Bureau's podcast. This is Garrett Hawkins, and I am thrilled to be joined this week by Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler. Not only Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler, but now endorsed candidate for U.S. Senate uh, by Missouri Farm Bureau's PAC, Miss Vicki Hartzler. So, Vicki, welcome. Welcome to well, Digging thank In. Thank you, Garrett. Yeah, it's great to be here, Garrett, and I'm so grateful for the endorsement. Uh, thank you to all the Missouri Farm Bureau and all the Farm Bureau members who are partnering with me in this race for the U.S. Senate. Well, let, let's talk about uh, the race. Um, you know, our members who had the chance to participate in our political action committee uh, last week uh, saw you firsthand and got to hear uh, the story, so to speak. So for our listening audience, maybe just tell us about uh, this trail that you're on uh, for U.S. Senate. Well, you bet. I was so grateful to get to meet with the PAC trustees, but to also be a lifelong Farm Bureau member and to be a part of this very, very important grassroots agriculture organization, our, our state's premier Ag organization. And, you know, I grew up in it. Um, my parents were on the local Cass County board for many years. And so my sister and I would always go to the county meetings every month uh, along with them. Um, and my dad was president for several years. And then when my husband and I got married, we, of course, joined Farm Bureau and uh, became active at the local level. My husband was president for a while. And then we were uh, asked to be part of the Young Farmer State Committee and so grateful to have that opportunity. And uh, Lowell was asked to be the uh, chairman one year and uh, it was just a wonderful experience. Got to know, of course, farmers from all over the state, travel the state as well. And then uh, I had the opportunity to be the county president for several years here in Cass County as well, been a voting delegate and uh, participate in the resolutions process, but as a state representative, really enjoyed working with Missouri Farm Bureau for six years when I was in Jefferson City on the House uh, Agriculture Committee, and then uh, took a, a little uh, time away uh, to be mom and to work with our uh, with my husband on the farm and our farm equipment business, uh, and then was asked to run for Congress in 2009 and uh, was very grateful to get the Farm Bureau endorsement that year when I ran against Ike Skelton in the 4th District. And, and we prevailed. And I've just been honored to be a voice for agriculture in Washington, D.C. for 12 years now to be on the House Agriculture Committee. I've been the only member of Missouri's congressional delegation to serve on either the House or the Senate Ag Committee. Uh, so I've had the great privilege of working with farmers and ranchers from all over this state, uh, as we have written and passed two farm bills now, and now we're getting ready to uh, pass another one next year. Uh, so we're already looking at what needs to be done, but there are not enough farmers in Washington, D.C., I'll tell you that. And it's, it's important to have that voice, that firsthand voice of somebody who has been on a tractor, who's helped work cattle, who's cleaned hog barns, who's done all the things that I have and many of your listeners have who understands where our food comes from, uh, how difficult it is to produce it, uh, to run a successful business with all the regulations coming out of Washington and taxation, uh, but who can be there fighting for them. So I appreciate the chance to fight for uh, Missouri agriculture, our farmers and ranchers, rural Missouri, uh, which is our number one industry. So uh, I look forward to working with Farm Bureau for years to come. 
Well, Congresswoman, as you crisscross the state, I'm curious, you know, what are you hearing from our fellow Missourians as you travel? Well, they are being hurt by this record inflation, and it is just so uh, heartbreaking and infuriating at the same time, because this is caused by the poor policies from this president and the Democratic-controlled uh, majority in Washington that have had runaway spending and uh, regulations that have choked the supply chain. So, uh, and then the energy crisis that has been exacerbated. So people are having trouble filling their gas tanks. They're having trouble, especially senior citizens on fixed incomes, buying their groceries every week. Uh, people are hurting and that just fuels me to fight even harder for them in this race for Senate. Uh, I care about every person in this state and it, it really bothers me that they are being hurt uh, and we've got to reverse these policies. But the good news is we know how to do it. I was there in Washington. I have that track record of fighting for uh, econ to get our economy going. Uh, I was there and voted for the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that uh, sent wages through the roof and record employment. And that's what we have to do is go back to quit spending money we don't have, keep taxes low, uh, cut regulation, become energy independent again, and fix the supply chain issues by making more things here in America, increasing the CDL licenses, so we get more truckers, and increasing more port opportunities. And I would like to see those coming up the Mississippi River, uh, having more uh, use it, utilizing the ports on, uh, in Missouri to bring those goods rather than relying on the ports out at LA. Uh, to bring in the cargo. So there's many things we could do that I'm advocating and working on and, and hope to bring to the U.S. Senate. Well, <laughs> you read my mind because I was just literally getting ready to ask you, okay, can you dovetail what you're hearing with what your priorities will be in the U.S. Senate? And what I'm hearing are reversing you know, policies that just don't make sense, quit spending money we don't have, put in place common sense energy policy. What, what else? Well, those are, you know, a lot of things we could do on, on day one. And this energy crisis was, is totally caused by President Biden. On day one, he has, you know, been carrying out a war on American fossil fuels by cutting and stopping the Keystone Pipeline. He stopped ANWR, the drilling for uh, the oil up there in Alaska. And he started buying oil from Russia. When I was in a briefing with the administration, when we were talking about that, of course, I've sponsored and, and helped pass legislation to stop our government from buying Russia from oil, I mean, oil from Russia. But when I asked, where is that going? They said, that's going to Alaska and Hawaii. And I thought, how ludicrous. They shut down drilling in Anwar in Alaska, and then they start buying it from Russia to supplant it and to ship it to the Alaskans. I mean, this is crazy. So we need to embrace American-made energy once again. We need to drill. We can do it more environmentally friendly than anywhere else in the world. Um, and, and we need to, the administration needs to approve these LNG export permits. They need to allow for the sale, robust sale of uh, leasing on federal lands, uh, which they have not done uh, in violation of law. And a court is forcing the Biden administration to start allowing for these uh, sale of these leases again, but then they put out the notice and it's a very, very limited amount. They're just trying to barely comply with the court order. Plus they're adding regulations and taxes on the uh, petroleum companies if they do actually get the lease. So 
they're doing everything they can to shut down American made energy. It's ludicrous. And we just got to reverse those policies and, and embrace what we've been blessed with here in our country. Embrace what we have been blessed with. That is so, so true. So speaking of that, um, it reminds me of just how blessed we are in terms of our natural resources for, for agriculture, right? And you know, just last week, your ranking member of the House Ag Committee, Mr. G.T. Thompson, uh, was in Northwest Missouri, and we talked quite a lot about, you know, the regulatory overreach, uh, especially from the Environmental Protection Agency. In this case, we spent a lot of time talking about WOTUS. Um, this is an issue that you're well familiar with. I mean, it's another example of what we face as farmers and ranchers and private property owners. So what are your thoughts on, on WOTUS and all things regulation when it comes to agriculture? Yes, absolutely. Well, uh, I was thankful that under President Trump, we were able to reverse the onerous waters of the U.S. provision that President uh, Obama had put in place, which would have given the federal government control of over 99% of the land in Missouri. Uh, I call it the mother may I rule that you as a landowner, whether you're just a, a, have a house, you wanna build a house or whether a construction company or whether you're a farmer wanting to build a pond that you have to go to the federal government and get a permit and ask permission to how you use your land. And it's, it's uh, was very onerous. Now the Biden administration of course is throwing out uh, what we had worked out under President Trump, which was common sense policy going back to true, truly having the federal government only having an involvement in land that is, or water that is navigable, where you could put actually a barge or a boat, which makes sense. Everything else should be left up to the state and the local level. But Biden is throwing that out and they're wanting to go back to the Obama policy. And of course, I am uh, supportive and, and being very vocal in letters and other ways of pushing back against that and asking them to forego that uh, failed attempt and asking them to embrace what we had that was working. So we're gonna keep fighting for that, but uh, we did get a victory with the EPA on another front and an effort that I led this spring where EPA decided they were going to and, and said farmers in over 200 counties in this country could not use Enlist, an Enlist duo. Uh, which is very, very important crop protection product there, many of our farmers use. It impacted five counties in my legislative district. And the supposed reason is because in two of the counties, they found an American burying beetle. Now, I had not even heard of this critter, but anyway, two of the counties had them and the other three counties did not, but they're surrounding it. And so the EPA was forcing the farmers there to not be able to use this product. It was crazy. An additional uh, thing that made this ridiculous is that the, the two counties that had the burying beetle were put there by the Missouri Department of Conservation as a pilot program, just trying to expand the beetle. They were not natural to the area. They're not native. And yet EPA was penalizing the people of that county just because the Conservation Department of Missouri had, had brought them in. So I went to bat for that, led a bipartisan effort uh, uh, and a letter pushing back on it, asking them to rethink that, change their policy. Uh, I visited with uh, Centene and the other co the company who owns Enlist. We talked about strategy. They got some more information over to the EPA on it and uh, made a call and did other things. And 
lo and behold, they actually uh, reversed course. And EPA said that uh, almost all of the counties could go ahead and use the product. So this was unprecedented. I was so thankful. The farmers in our five counties were thankful they could go ahead and use the product. And I think it just shows that if you make a good case and you uh, speak up and fight, that they will hear you. And I'm hopeful that they will do that on other crop protection products that are under consideration because this administration is changing the registration process for them and incorporating the Endangered Species Act into every registration application asking, hey, is this going to hurt? And um, I, I'm just worried that they're going to find an excuse to not approve all kinds of crop protection products. I hear that now they're looking at atrazine and may reverse that. I fought hard a few years ago to get that final registration. Yes. <laughs> actually had the EPA administrator asked to come to my district to make that announcement that they were uh, licensing once again atrazine. It was a huge moment. We were so glad after many, many years of advocacy and research that they did that. And now the Biden administration is considering doing away with that and starting over again. It's just it's just ridiculous. So I'm going to continue to be a loud voice for common sense, for follow the science and for our farmers. Well, let's talk about something that's um, uplifting. And certainly um, I appreciate we appreciate all the work that you're doing to make sure that we have tools in the toolbox. Um, if we broaden that a bit, you know, broadband has been one of the tools in the toolbox, so to speak, that you've been working hard on, not just for farmers and ranchers, but our rural communities. And every day in Farm Bureau Congress, when we talk about what it's going to take to bring the kids home, whether it's to bring them home to the farm or bring them home to, to rural Missouri, if they so choose to want to raise their family in one of our rural communities. You travel the state, you know the need. Um, Talk to us a little bit about broadband and just the opportunity that you see, you know, across the board when you think about rural opportunity. You bet. I think rural broadband is the key to the revitalization of many of our rural communities. And I think there's just great opportunity. And during COVID, we saw both the need as well as the opportunity. The need in that uh, many of our kids could not access their homework at home because they didn't high, have high-speed internet. Many of our senior citizens could not uh, access telehealth, even though we passed a law allowing that to happen uh, and paying for it through Medicare. But because they didn't have broadband, they could visit their doctor that way. We, we are seeing um, that a lot of our businesses and people couldn't work from home during COVID, but we saw the opportunity too. And that many people who live in the cities want to move to the rural part of Missouri. They appreciate our way of life. They feel safe here. Um, and yet we have businesses who can't locate because there is not high-speed uh, internet. So that is, I have been on a mission to try to expand rural broadband into Missouri ever since I've been in Washington. And in the last farm bill, was able to get three amendments passed to help uh, with that. Uh, one of my amendments in, requires that uh, the loans and the, the fiber and the internet that's being put in with the USDA reconnect grants uh, does have to be of a speed that's going to be adequate, not just for today, but in the future. Uh, and then we also had a pilot program there on precision agriculture to look at that. 
which I, I helped put on that. And then we have a, a loan guarantee program so that more capital could be available. But the bottom line is uh, we've been work, I've been working with many of my rural electric cooperatives in my counties, trying to get them to access some of the programs and the grants and the loans that we have passed in Congress. And the good news is two of my electric co-ops, Osage Valley Electric, as well as SAC Osage, announced uh, last year that they're gonna take advantage of some of these programs and they're gonna put fiber to every home in almost 14 of my counties. And this is huge. And I'm seeing this all across Missouri. More and more uh, grant programs are being utilized. More and more people are having uh, the access for the high-speed internet. And I think it's gonna be a game changer for Missouri. Uh, just like electricity was back in the 30s and 40s when there was a divide between the rural and urban parts of our state. Uh, we now have that with uh, rural broadband, but when we get that uh, all across rural Missouri, we're gonna have those opportunities as well. And I see people coming back to rural towns. I see young people having good jobs there and uh, it's gonna be wonderful. It is. And in fact, uh, this morning I am uh, visiting my local hospital, Ellett Memorial with the state rural development director uh, who wants to talk telemedicine and opportunities there for all Missouri hospitals, not to um, replace local service, right? But to expand local service in terms of how healthcare can be provided. So I'm excited <laughs> about that. Yes. Uh, you well know our little hospital in Appleton as you've passed through here many times through the years. So a great little hospital and appreciate your leadership on that too. And we wanna keep all these rural hospitals open and viable. I think telehealth is a, a great uh, way that they can, you know, help uh, continue to provide service and, uh, and remain there in the community. Amen to that. Uh, so, well, you're less than 30 days away uh, from, <laughs> from Election Day. Any closing thoughts, any words uh, to share with our listeners as you think about uh, work to be done over the next few weeks? You bet. Well, our nation is in crisis, and that's bottom line why I'm running. Uh, we have got to turn this country around, and we can do it. Uh, our nation needs Missouri. It needs Missouri's values. It needs Missouri's common sense and our, our ideas. And I have the track record in Washington of being a fighter for our values and getting things done. I'm ready on day one to take the reins in the Senate and to stop this train wreck and to turn things around. And I think it's important that we have a senator who has a background in appreciation of rural Missouri, but also background in agriculture, since that is our number one industry. And we don't have, as I said, enough people in Washington who understand our way of life. But I've also been a leader in Washington, rebuilding our military, which we have to do. We have to have peace through strength. We're living in a dangerous world right now. I have that experience and the track record of helping rebuild our military after it was decimated under President Obama. And uh, standing strong against China, I've actually been sanctioned by China and Russia uh, because of my strong role uh, in our strong national defense. And so I want to take that as well, as well as pass legislation to help us at the border. We have a crisis at the border now. And I passed legislation giving our Border Patrol agents the authority to take down the drones that the drug cartels are using to bring drugs into our country. Uh, we have to do that, as well as stand strong for 
American-made energy, and that includes biofuels. We have a lot to offer here as farmers to this solution and, and our energy. And I'm excited about the support that we are getting all across the state in this race. I'm grateful for Missouri Farm Bureau's endorsement. That means the world. If rural Missouri all sticks together, we can make a huge difference in this election. And I ask everybody listening to partner with me in this mission to take the country back uh, for uh, preserve its greatness. I have a website for my campaign called vickihartzler.com where you can go and you can sign up to volunteer. We need people to put up signs, uh, be in parades, put bumper sticker on their car, or their truck for just a, a month and help get the word out and also uh, contribute uh, so that we can get our, our message out. Uh, we're going up against some uh, people that have billionaires backing them, but uh, that's okay. We have a lot of people and a lot of good people sharing with their neighbors how important it is that we get uh, behind Vicki and uh, we win this race. So I thank you for uh, partnering with me. And I appreciate this opportunity to visit with everyone. And I look forward to, uh, with your help and God's help, winning this uh, primary and then winning in November, uh, taking our values and our voice to Washington in the Senate and turning things around. So thank you, Garrett. Thank you. Proven, prepared, and ready. Three reasons among many that our Farm Bureau members lent the Farm Bureau endorsement last week uh, and said uh, Miss Vicki Hartzler is our choice for, for the U.S. Senate. So, Vicki, Congresswoman, thank you for, for joining uh, this edition of Digging In. Look forward to seeing you uh, again soon over the next few weeks. Thanks, you Garrett. Thanks, Garrett. <laughs> wish you the best. Thanks again for tuning in to Digging In. Uh, we'll catch up with you again next time. Take care.